and welcome back to the Part-Time Otaku Podcast. My name is Grant. My name is Dave. So, uh, as we said last week, and or the weeks prior, we are doing something different for the for the next couple months with the regular show, and uh, today is the first episode of uh, Movie Night, and uh, we alluded to, I think, did we straight up tell people what, uh, I guess when you, when you see the episode, you're going to see what we're talking about. Oh yeah, you will, but So, Dave, you and I, for the first <laughs> time, watched Paprika. We watched Paprika. Say it what however it, you like. Yeah, I don't know. This is the first of several movie reviews. Uh, we did post to Instagram the rest of the movies that we're going to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's lots of fun anime classics that we haven't had a chance to watch for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And I think we like picked like a digital like raffle machine thing that picked this movie first for us, right? I found a like a spin the wheel yeah. website and I just loaded them all in. Dude, <laughs> it, was, it was really fun actually. <laughs> how good was this to start us off? I got some thoughts on this movie, Dave. Oh, I'm so excited. So I I've been <clears throat> I don't think I've had as much time to sit with it as you have. Yeah, you watched yours okay. when? Uh, that would have been Sunday night, Monday night. So no, two, two or three days ago for you. Two no, it would have been ago? Sunday night. Yeah, 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 and maybe four or five days ago for me. Yeah. Um. So you know, listener, obviously spoilers ahead. Um. And I'll also note, you know, we haven't talked to each other whatsoever, so you know, we might not be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe I will mention. Uh, maybe we can start actually uh, quickly with the plot synopsis. I've got it in front of me. Yeah, that's a good I, idea. Because I think we'll probably kind of freeform this. Like I said, there'll be spoilers ahead. Um. But, you know, we're not really going to, like, break it down specifically beat by beat like we might if it was, like, a My Hero Academia or an Attack on Titan episode. I think probably mm-hmm. do the broad strokes, favorite moments, things we loved and hated, yep. so on and so forth. Um, but we should, uh, I, I will read the synopsis real quick just for everybody's benefit and maybe as to, you know, to jog our own memory. Okay. Dr. Atsuko Chiba works as a scientist by day and under the code name Paprika as a dream detective at night. Atsuko and her colleagues are working on a device called the DC Mini, which is intended to help psychiatric patients, but in the wrong hands, it could could destroy people's minds. When a prototype is stolen, Atsuko slash Paprika springs into action to recover it before damage is done. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Um, All right, all right. We've put put it on the table. How do you feel? Uh, What are your your thoughts? So, like... When it comes to this movie, I think, like, the package, like, the content, this, like, the unique story... Okay, sorry. Let me get this off the top of my mind. This anime is the embodiment of (laughs) one's mind. Like, an idea being, you know, it flowers into something, it blossoms into something. This is truly, truly, just like a nice peek into someone's mind and just how powerful storytelling can be and how obtuse storytelling can be and it all kind of, you know, it's just this, there's, you know, just like me, even me like jumping around, like there's just so many avenues to go with this movie and I think it's intentional that way. Yep. Um, I I love this movie. Like, you know, it's, there's, there's no end ifs or buts about it. The things that I didn't like about it, it, there's only one thing is the pacing is breakneck speed. Yeah, and it yeah. could have this movie. I think it was an hour and a half clean, almost exactly ninety minutes. This movie would have benefited from like a two two hour ten, like no question. I think it would have been a, a superior. But again, that's hard because 
know, there's so much manpower that goes into, you know, an animated film, specifically, like, in this era, because I think it was, like, yeah. mid to late 2000s. Yeah, and I think uh, now audiences might be a little more forgiving of, like, the epic that is two hours plus. Yeah. But I, I did have that in my notes. Like, this could have stretched comfortably to 145, 150. Mm-hmm. Would have, would have uh, benefited from... It's funny because, like, oftentimes you think to yourself when movies are, like, moving at a really fun, fast pace, mm-hmm. and then they slow you right down with, like, some character exposition like a fun dialogue scene that like reveals things about your characters you're almost bummed you're like oh we're really slowing down here and then often you realize later like oh that that was kind of important you know yeah. we learned some things about the characters there paprika doesn't have a ton of those moments there is it's almost plot. zero breathing room in this movie and, yeah and i think you know because it, it's it's hard because i think grief and it's not so much like depression it's not like to your eternity or sunny boy where like these these very like there's obviously you know paprika or paprika like there's very heavy-handed themes to it but it's not as obvious yeah. i think as like you know the other shows that we've been talking about yeah it doesn't hit you over the head with it no so it's there's a lot of digging that way but it, it is interesting how because dream like for me personally i'm not a huge fan of dreams as like a storytelling you know device mm-hmm. like i find it it can be very messy a lot of the times it's confusing just to be confusing you know to make it feel smarter mm-hmm. this all seemed very like clicked in like yeah. you know there was it, it let one part led to another um and you know what i will i will say it's been a long time even when it's even for an anime but specifically for an anime but even across like all mediums within the first maybe two minutes of the movie it just blatantly sticks out of wow no other no other medium can tell a story like this yeah. like right off the bat like anime just has such a unique hook that way where you know just it can take a just such a strange idea and just run with it and you're like yeah like we're in this now like you know this is gonna be the next 90 minutes of my life and i'm stoked <laughs> It's, yeah, I think yeah. the hook for me was the opening theme. The mm. uh, I think it's a montage, a uh, really really great soundtrack throughout the whole movie. I'll just yeah. say that. Yeah. Uh, but it, the that was uh, the hook for me was the opening theme with Paprika like doing all these, you know, running in and out of uh, dream sequences mm-hmm. and you know jumping into paintings and shit like that. Um, I was like, yeah, this is. It was weird to me. I was watching it, and I was like, how have I not seen this before? I know. It's funny, too, because, like, you and I just, you know, we're, we're just coming off Sunny Boy, and the comparisons to Sunny Boy are so obvious. Yeah. You know, like, the, just, I think, you know, maybe the aesthetic more than kind of the, maybe just because the finale of Sunny Boy, there's moments of the finale that are so similar to the entirety of this movie. Yeah. So, I think, you know, maybe that's where we're kind of making some, I guess, some re- maybe call it recency bias, but, like, kind of recency comparison. Um, but yeah, it's just like so colorful, great characters. Like, you know, it's, you know, if you think it's impressive in, in a 12 episode season of character development to do character development in a 90 minute movie for a character who's only kind of in it for a portion, like yeah. I'm, bl- I'm blanking on the guy. Is it Tokita? He's the bigger dude. Yeah. Like Tokita. the original scientist. He's like there, then he's gone. He has a couple like lines and he's more or less in a coma for like <laughs> 40 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And then when he, you know, he comes back and he has a couple more lines. And even, like, the original villain, um, is it, uh, 
Homura? Yeah. He, like, they set him up. Like, when they go into... When they go into his apartment, I was like, oh, yeah, this movie is, like... It just pulls from so many genres. It was just... You know, and, and it was funny, too, because, like, in the dream sequences, they have, like, all these different, you know, monsters and, and characters and cartoonish looks to them. And it was just, like, a, an amalgamation of genres. And then you would go from scene to scene, and it feels like you're going to a different... And then even, like, his dreams, the cops' dreams, he's going through different types of genres and movies, too. Like, there's... The, th- the themes were so, like, well-placed from the beginning to end. Everything kind of all connected. Ah. Tremendous. I love the, like, closed loop. Is that what it's called? I love, like, the closed loop nature of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, with the the stuff with the cop. And I forget his name, so I'm just going to call him the cop. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that montage of him going from genre to genre in his dream. And then he has to do that again at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. I love that. Actually, maybe we can, uh, yeah, maybe we can do this now just because it's, I keep thinking of it. (laughs) <laughs> let's do this the section of inception ripoffs okay so yeah I, obviously we're going to talk about this but yeah <laughs> maybe the, i'll start yeah you, you go ahead the dream machine like i don't it's it's tough and i will with the briefcases I, yeah the briefcase like it's a literal it's a literal machine that puts you into dreams which mm-hmm. is like you know they, they don't i don't know if they brand it in the movie they're not walking around being like, oh, I need the Inception machine. It's just sure. like, you you know they have a contraption mm-hmm. that does that does this thing, which this movie does. Though it has like the, it's the DCI Mini and they don't, or the DC Mini and they don't shut up about it. Yeah. Um, that. There's the hallway sequence. The, so the first. A couple of the, very significant visual sequences. The detective in the beginning. So there's the, the section where he's running away. The first section of him running away or chasing after. There's the hallway sequence that's, you know, like the... It's not a one-for-one one shot. No. But it's it's essentially the scene with um, just Gordon-Levitt's character with yep. the, the gravity in the hallway. So yeah. that scene, I think, is a mishmash of two scenes from Paprika. One from the beginning with the detective, and there's one later on where they're kind of like losing gravity in a space. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> there, there's there's that. one, that's a big one mirror scene where she sees like infinite hers. Um yeah of herself and that's like the uh uh i forget her name is in inception la page uh yeah she does that in that film and then closes the door uh and Mm. like turns the mirror into a door which she which she then shatters in order to create a street yeah inspired that scene for sure like you can just see the likeness is is the same um Mm -hmm. and then there's you know there's a couple others like the emotions of the subject causing a change in the environment, like mm-hmm. raining when it's sad. Um, the not, kick, the kick was used a couple times in the in Paprika as well. The kick was used a couple times, yeah. They, I you think know, one major time, and that was like I was like, oh, that's the, like that's where that's the inspiration. Big time. It was very obvious and like well used. I think it was better used in Paprika than it was in Inception, actually. Yeah, they make a whole to do about the mechanics in Inception in a way that mm-hmm. they don't in Paprika, right? Like, mm-hmm. Paprika is kind of, like, just sort of uh, world-building organically, being like, these are the rules, this is how it works. But it's all, like, kind of laissez-faire. Like, they don't get caught up in the details. Mm-hmm. Inception is sort of the opposite, right? Like, you... They they go down the rabbit hole of, okay, what is a kick? How does it work? Why does it work? 
and it all sort of makes sense but like they want to spend time talking about that the same thing like inception which i think is you know a significant change i don't think they talk about time and how it is either sped up or slowed down in the dream world in paprika yeah no no not but that's a big thing in inception right like yes nolan in that movie seems really caught up or he he wants to put a big emphasis on the rules right do you think do you think that's the difference between a niche anime market where the fans are voracious they're gonna watch and watch and watch and watch over they're gonna pick apart this you know this thing versus a mass you know it's a mass media product in inception where it's so meant to touch as many many people so they feel like they have to explain it because if it's you know it's there's they might only get that one chance with it that's a really really good observation i i, I think the short answer is yes or that's a good mm. question i think the answer is yes i you know i i've read these articles and i've heard people interview nolan about how the hell do you convince studios to give you hundreds of millions of dollars to do frankly like pretty out there movies Mm -hmm. you know like everyone you know like the film buff person will say oh inception isn't actually that complicated (laughs) and then like the everyman is like i don't know man like i came out of that movie and i'm not sure right yeah Yeah. um and then if you watch it several times then you like develop an opinion and an understanding whatever but i think the nolan thing is is you're right is like the concept is relatively simple but he makes it he doesn't make it easy on the audience, right? So I think he he's forced to go over the idea several times and make sure the he has to kind of beat the audience over the head with it. Because like you said, the niche anime mar- market is really used to just being like, oh, it's world building. How does this one work? Right? Mm-hmm. Like anytime you watch an isekai or mm-hmm. frankly, any kind of shonen, like you're just sort of along for the ride, and you just the rules are usually when it yeah. comes to, to an isekai or a shonen, usually the rules are hit up top, and yeah. that's the last it's mentioned. Yes, this yeah. is the world. The sky's blue, you know what I mean. Grass is green, and yeah. and off we go. Yeah. Inception must Inception might spend thirty minutes explaining itself, mm-hmm. thirty to forty minutes. You know they have a whole side quest where Tom Hardy has to go and meet a doctor who has a really powerful sedative right because they mm. have to make sure the sedative mechanics work right because they're going two levels deeper and that matters because of these reasons you know mm-hmm. what i mean like they they do this whole thing because they they really need to beat you over the head with like this makes sense just trust us but here's why it makes sense right like lining up all the kicks right like all that yeah. meticulous attention to detail paprika is just like by the seat of your pants well, that's the thing, too. Like, when the kick happens in Paprika, like, I, I actually felt, like, my heart pop out of my chest, you know? Yeah. Like, it was just, like, you felt the kick. Like, it's not, you know, in Inception, you know, there's various kicks throughout the movie. That, you know, like, I, I, you know, there's some notable ones, but, like, the ones that you feel are, you know, I think when you're in the, I think the, the van goes into the river. Yep. You know, like, you feel that one. And there's the other ones where, like, they drop into water. Those are light, but, like... That one kick was used super effectively. It caught you off guard. Yeah. You know. Also, like being killed in the dream. They don't even. Yeah, they don't touch that. that. But it's, it's you know, it's kind of just they show they don't tell, which is kind of nice. But this also brings me to to another, to I guess a question to you is, did you feel Inception aided your viewing of this movie as a first time view, or do you felt like it ruined it because you're like. You know, like, oh, well, I, I kind of know how that works because Inception ripped it off. 
Uh, you I know, see what you mean. Because there, there, there's definitely moments in the movie where I feel like if I hadn't seen Inception, you know, and you and I, yeah. like, we're into this kind of thing. We're used to, you know, I are very meticulous. Like, we like to pick things apart. You know, we like yeah. we like the experience of that. But having seen Inception, a part would come up that might have taken a couple of views to figure out or a pause yeah. and rewind. I was like, oh, Inception does it that way. They rip it off. I'm going to, you know, cross them this way. Okay, I think I know how this works. Like, we don't need to stop. We can just keep going. And I found, like, there's, like, five or six moments through this movie where I was like, I would have got caught up by that had I not seen Interesting. Inception. But it also kind of ruined the fun a I see bit. what you mean. Um, I think to answer your question... It may have aided, it may have like informed my understanding yeah. throughout the movie, and I never had to pause because I, quote, like, didn't get it. Sure. Um, but Inception might be overcomplicated to a fault, and Paprika yeah. might be almost slightly too simple, like, almost slightly. Mm. Or it may not explain enough at times, right? Like, like yeah. you were saying about the pacing. Um, Ludicrously fast. I've never seen a movie yeah. this fast. Actually, <laughs> it might have it might have benefited sure. from from some moments of uh, a Tom Hardy or a or a Joseph Gordon Levitt explaining here's what an environment work, how the environments work, and here's how you know here here's the consequences of the dream world based on the real world and and that kind of stuff. I don't think they didn't. Tr- I think they did try though. I th- I think the intention of those um, the bar scenes. Between yeah. Paprika and the detective, and you know the two unassuming bartenders, I think that was maybe like moments of you know breath to take yeah. before we jumped into the next you know set piece. But um, this another great thing about this movie is it just kind of solidifies my love for thrillers and horror in anime. There were some genuinely yeah. disturbing mo- moments in this movie. Like I think the first time, <laughs> the first time someone's dream gets like attacked and you don't like you kind of know what's going on um and then you know it cuts to the moment uh, is it shiba is the, the female doctor and she's yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. she you know she's about to go over the ledge and you're kind of like you kind of like saw it coming but then it just happens it's like almost like a flash like a snap on the screen you're like oh shit like you know this is it could happen to anyone like it really set up like some mass fear of like this could happen to anyone you know, everyone's powerless yeah. to this happening. They, they do a good job of, just to tack on to your thought, they do a good job of training the audience to get nervous when you see, like, that carnival circus mm-hmm. on the road, right? Yeah. Like, with, like, a fridge and a piano and, like, all these random inanimate objects, like, approaching with all this, like, with this deathly chorus, because it's yeah. the same soundtrack they use the same time, mm-hmm. or every time. Also, in that, and just in that space, and all the sound design and set design of what they do there. Um, <laughs> they do this thing where they just have characters that aren't the dreamer just babble nonsense. Yeah. But it but they are real words. And we I watched the sub, I assume you did as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like but like even in English it translates to like an almost sentence. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like really neat and creative. I don't think they do that in Inception, and I I don't think it's the first time I've seen it. I just don't know where else I I would have seen it. But I loved that like you had characters talking almost sense. So it took you a couple seconds to like click in. To, oh like, yeah, that they're going that they're out of their mind. Yeah 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 hundred um, percent. It 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 wasn't obvious, but then you know once you've seen it once you then you, it makes like they're training you as the audience, right? They're like, oh, this is what it looks like when someone loses it, and then the next time you see it, you're like, oh fuck, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's it's this similar technique to the way they have like that circus approaching and then you know to be nervous and be afraid because you know the the bad stuff is coming but i, I loved the nonsensical speech yeah it was very fitting just like the whole the the delu- the the theme of delusion you know just like delusional talking and like you know I, I think I, at first I thought maybe that what they were doing they were stringing every time that happened they were stringing words from a previous person talking into the next person because it was going from, like dreams were linking to people right so it was like kind of like a you know like a chain link but um, that I, that kind of headcanon theory kind of went out the window after like a few more like it just it was just nonsensical but um, oh another yeah. thing was the elevators there, mm. there's like a point in. I, yeah, I hope you didn't mention this already. I, ho- I don't I think so. we did. But yeah, the elevators. There, there's one, you know, out of many dream sequences, there's one <laughs> There's one thing that I think it's a cut-paste glue from Inception. It's it's Paprika in a dream with a co- with the cop. Okay. And they're in an elevator. And they're in as they got off of different floors, it's different dreams. Oh, okay. Which is right out of Inception. And then that actually brings me to a second point because he sees uh, his partner dying, right? That's like the theme that continues to come up throughout the Inception, right? Is that mm-hmm. hallway scene where someone's running away yeah. with a gun and someone has just been shot. Mm-hmm. And that's like the cop's arc, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's defined and resolved by the end of the film. And Leo, all throughout Inception, is going into this elevator, down to this thing to talk to his wife. And he always sees his kids from behind, but he never sees their faces. And they show that same Oh my God, shot. I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah they, they do the same thing interspersed throughout the whole fucking movie. And then eventually, you know, at the end of the movie, the cop cat sees the bad guy, he understands what happened, and then Leo sees his kids. And understand, you know what I mean, and, and and whatever. But like, yeah, like that protagonist. I mean, the cop isn't the protagonist of the movie, but like that character arc is like pretty cut paste glue. Even the beats, hmm. kind of kind of crazy. How, how, how is this not like a blatant ripoff? Unless it's like a lucid, an official lucid adaptation. You know? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I I should have I should have looked it up um, to see like what kind of backlash, if any, there was. Uh, for this, but because yeah. there's only like three years apart from them, yeah, it, it almost like it's almost close enough, like in release dates, and obvious enough in some of these things that like, you almost wonder like, is there any chance this was a complete coincidence? Because it otherwise it seems so obvious. This is such an obtuse. It's such an obtuse like story of the mind to mm-hmm. be like what like. I know there's serendipitous moments like all across, you know, time and space, but this just seems so like so, you know. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is like Nolan has said like, oh yeah, that is a great movie. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, I bet you have seen it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. I finished watching this movie, and the first thing I thought of was, man, I want to watch the movie he ripped Tenet off of. Is there is there are there accusations about that? No, you're, being, I, you're being funny. Because... I'm just being funny, but like after I fit because it was just basically like I watched Inception with, you know, just a different storyteller and, and yeah. different visual storytelling. I wonder but if whatever yeah. he ripped Tenet off of is more coherent than Tenet itself. <laughs> I, would, I hope so. Like Tenet, Tenet was good, but like, but Jesus Christ, 
yeah, it was that was a slog. It's but, a, um, it's very yeah. This isn't a, a Nolan uh, comedy mm. roast, but Jesus, man, you know, just come down a little bit. Yeah, but so do you just flat out have a favorite scene? To flat out have a favorite scene. It's hard to pick in a movie like this because it's just it's hard eye to candy. Pick. It's just eye candy from beginning to end. Yeah, a feast for the eyes. Um, I am trying to think. I there's um, there's a scene where Paprika. Um, it's a chase scene. Uh, it's not like a oneer, but the camera makes it feel like a oneer. It's following behind or like over her shoulder or at her <laughs> feet for like a five minute montage. It's probably in the third, first act uh, of the film. And she's doing stuff like she'll run up to a balcony and then put her hands on uh, the balcony railing and then tug really hard. And that, that whole, s- what she was looking at becomes a wallpaper that she rips off a wall. Mm. And, then, and then now she's on the street instead of up in the air, you know what I mean? There, there's a whole scene of her doing stuff like that, and I just had my, my jaw was just on the floor. And then I, I think I paused halfway through, and I wrote to myself, I was like, can you imagine the storyboards for this Ugh. fucking thing? Like, a bunch of animators sitting in a room and be like, and then we're going to do this. Like An, an original cell <laughs> of this movie would, yeah. be, would be really, like, a cool collector's item, I think. Yeah. Just, you know, because, you know, in a single cell, you could have so many different possibilities and things to look at and see. It's, yeah. Yeah, what about did you have a favorite scene? So it's it's kind kind of a cheat and it's it's a various thing. It's a recurring theme they do in the movie and it's it's absolutely my biggest takeaway and I'm kind of lucky it's my favorite because they do it so often. Mm-hmm. So I think at first I realized it was I didn't realize it at first but I, I later realized it was um, it was to cut down on time. Mm-hmm. So whenever whenever a character is about to jump into a dream Mm-hmm. In the scene, they'll just transition like right through. Like it'll happen from like Chiba into Paprika, and then um, the the detective and and all these other characters. So it'll show them like kind of jump right into the dream from where they're standing. Yeah. And then a few seconds later, the camera will pan up and it'll show them already laying down. Yeah. In, in the gear to be like being put to sleep for the dream. Yeah. I think it mainly happens in the second second act. I know what you mean. In forward. But it's they do it again and again and again. And it's so cool because instead of them saying, all right, plug me in. Let's do this. Three, two, one. Dream. Yeah. And then you're there. It's just they visually, they make a, you know, like you said, like a feast for your eyes. They jump into the dream and then they take like a quick flash second later showing them laying down all geared up and all. I just, every time they did that, I was like, it's so smart. It's just like, why wouldn't you use that every chance you got? It makes sense. You know, it gives yeah. them... It gives them more fun to work with, it's yeah, without it's, having to slow down the movie, which ironically I found it too fast. But it's 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 a neat way of informing the audience, though. Like you think about um, of how to just keep your audience informed of where the plot's going and what the characters are doing, mm-hmm. and you know, Nolan again, or even like things like The Matrix, right? They show you walking across the room, um, hand on the doorknob, opening the door, all that kind of stuff, right? Making it very, very clear to the audience, these are the things that we're doing, and here's the order we're doing them in so that you don't get lost. Mm-hmm. But this is obviously just as effective. It's very clear what's happening, and you don't got to do dialogue and all that crap um, because it's very it's very obvious. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a creative way of uh, going through the motions. Yeah. Um, 
I have a least favorite scene. Okay. Uh, which I think like was I, that's how I was meant to feel, <laughs> because it creeped me the fuck out, and I I I paused the movie because I was taking some notes throughout, and I paused the movie to write, "Oh look, tentacle porn." <laughs> Like, oh, this is yeah. where this oh, comes from. Oh, yes. Yeah. I um, but it was the scene when the bad guy, what the hell is his name? Was it Homura? Uh, I can't remember. No, that's the assistant. That's like the original guy. He was like pinned. Yeah. The... But anyway, when Paprika's... Ohani? Is it Ohani? Ohani, yeah. When, when Paprika's Maybe. restrained. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he... I, I wasn't sure where we were going. And, but I knew it was gonna. It was meant to be disturbing, and it was. I knew what train station we were in. I didn't know which direction the train was going. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. I was like, is up. this gonna be pervy or awful? And the answer is yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. he he like cuts her open, sorta, with his hand, and then Paprika reveals Chiba in the dream, which was like scarier to see her like vulnerable like that. Mm-hmm. But then the tentacles on the hand, and I was like, God damn it, Japan again with the te- like. Did we need? Did we need the tentacles in this instance? I will say the tentacles was like clearly like a step too far, you know, just for our personal taste. But I did find, you know, as gross as it sounds, but like the splitting her open scene, Ugh. it was like visually it was very disturbing. But it, the way it was presented, it was like, oh my god, like he was literally pulling her skin off. It was. It, it was, was extremely as, effective. It was extremely effective, and it was as grotesque as it possibly could without being cheap, with like blood and guts and screaming and all this and that. It was just like it was just like a like a, a you know the de facto thing to do. Like it just it was like like a just, you know a snap. Like that's how it happens. And again, very effective, you know. And then it, it goes and obviously to the tentacles and all that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I agree with you uh, on that because you could have ruined that scene by going too far Mm -hmm. and it was clear that the goal of that scene is to disturb the audience right they want Mm -hmm. you they want you to be concerned for paprika and chiba slash chiba and Mm -hmm. you definitely are in that moment and by the end of that scene i don't know if we needed the tentacles uh and i don't know if she needed to be naked but that you know but all that that's anime that's anime (laughs) better for worse um, but yeah, if it, just about the idea of like, just the, it's such a weird idea. Like, it's such a weird notion, like that you see the hand go in and you're like, oh, like you, it's a misdirection, right? Cause you think you're, you're walking into something weird. You think you're just going to like maybe undo her pants and you're like, oh, not the, like, I don't want this, but then it goes deep and mm-hmm. it's like a, it tricks your mind. And it's like, again, it's like a misdirection. It's like, you're not going to like this, but not for the reason you think, right? Because then they, like, break the rules of reality, and now he's, like, inhabiting her skin. Very weird, very off-putting, but very uh, effective. Definitely did the job that they wanted to do in that scene. Mm -hmm. Also, not in the same type of scene, but probably one of the best uses of a jump scare I've seen in a long time was when... <clears throat> oh, it goes back to when Chiba gets caught in the dream by uh, Hermura or whomever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's... I think it's when we first see the themes of the carnival. And she's kind of walking through the streets. And she gets to that one point And she goes to jump over the, uh, like, the guardrail. And the second she puts her hand... Or her hand gets on it. And the second her legs are over the guardrail, she, like, falls in. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, that's when she's being pulled back so she doesn't go over the ledge. 
the actual like the animation of her like dipping into that and also to the scene of the detective in the the ring circus um and him like all the versions of him like rushing the cage and him sinking down i got very claustrophobic and watching that scene. and they hit us with that like two three times funny how that can make you feel that way eh? yeah Some drawings yeah. on a screen this dave this again <clears throat> another great thing about this movie is i've seen it once and I, I don't think I'll be done with this till I've seen it like three, four more times. Like genuinely. Like I plan on revisiting yeah. this very soon and then, you know, maybe again next summer kind of thing. Like I want this this is just there's so much going on in this movie. There's no way the one ninety minute watch I can pull in everything. It doesn't matter how much reading you do online. This is this has to be like a personal sit down. And just like take it in again and again and again. It's uh, it was weirdly moved by this movie. An instant classic, dare I say? Um, I think there's <sighs> no for me. I think it's I think it's a great movie, and mm-hmm. I really really like it. I wouldn't say it's an instant classic for me, but I do I do think it deserves the respect of being a classic. Mm-hmm. And the multiple viewings to really appreciate it. Like this, this is the fine wine movie. Like there's no other, totally. you know, there's no other way to describe it. You, this is, like I said, it's not a one watcher. You know, it's, you know, maybe I'll watch it the third, fourth time and I'll, it'll like really, really, really click for me. But it's, yeah. um, I think, yeah. I, I think, I don't know if, I, if it's an instant classic for me either. I think I'm closer to that than you are. Mm-hmm. I think I had so much fun with the, uh, the music and, uh, it started off really, really, really strong for me. Like the uh, just the the opening theme and how the the character introduction of Paprika, may, you know, the audience slowly realizing what Paprika's relationship with Chiba is. Mm. The end, you know, I, we we should talk about the ending in a, in a moment. But anyway, like I I had so much fun with all that. I wrote in my notes like this is some anime that is right up my alley. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I never would consider myself like a big horror thriller type guy, um, both in live action or in anime. But like this just hit all the right notes. Um, I had I had a, a really big uh, blast with it. I think for me, the first act is by far the strongest. Extremely strong first act. I, I totally agree. I like the mystery more because it gets to the point where they figure out. You know, and this is a good segue into you know the ending. When we find out who the big bad is or when like when we realize who we thought was the villain was just someone who was used mm-hmm. and there's clearly like a bigger you know there's a bigger threat out there which i think that's what connects it into the second act it's not that it lost me it was just all the mystery leading up to that moment like when hermura comes slamming down to the glass you know from like however many stories up you know like i think that's kind of oddly like it crashes into the <laughs> second act yeah um but um, but I think everything prior to that is is like a ten out of ten. One of the greatest openings and setup, and just wanting more and more and more. And then I think the more they reveal, the more it kind of gets a little ethereal and loose, and then very yep. heady. Not that it's bad, and we like that stuff. It's just the first act was just so tight, you know, incredibly tight. I agree with that. I would say uh, more for me. First half, first forty-five, yeah, and the back forty-five. Uh, the tone shifts. And you know, like you could say the same for any movie, right? Because mm-hmm. um, they have to switch gears from world building and character introduction to okay, well, it's been forty-five minutes. Now we got to start closing mm-hmm. up the arcs a little bit. It's time to put the juice in. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, and then they get weird, and for better and for worse, uh, they they definitely get weird. So 
what do you think? We should also maybe mention, I don't know why it's worth mentioning, but I remember thinking it in my head at the time. Um, you know, the dream, what would you call it? The dream contagion, mm-hmm. the ability for the, de- the dream to infiltrate other people while they're awake and for them all to be in like the same sort of hellish rea- dream reality that wasn't touched at all in inception right like the rules of inception were much more specific yeah it was it was it was a closed circuit yeah you it was completely one to one relationship right you had to be openly going in or openly being entered or like the opposite of like you're secretly being yeah. done to kind of a hardwired connection versus public can, wi-fi yeah there's yeah there's no like walking there's no awake dreaming going on in inception that I yeah remember. which um uh you know that mechanic for this movie is mostly what drives like the villain's ability to do what do what he's doing mm-hmm. um, because he can just he can just hit members of the public um so with all that in mind you know I, I don't know if i would ever give this movie close to a 10 out of 10 but i did I was a little annoyed, and it's like a first world annoyed, but I was a little <laughs> miffed that it came down to like two giant naked bodies at the end. Though I will say that didn't last very long. Mm. Um, you know, may- maybe that's good and bad because it was kind of rushed, but I was kind of like, okay, we need a conclusion here, but now it's just giants in a city. <laughs> and I was, what, what did you think about that? It, it was, it, by no means did it lose me, but it was just like, okay. Movie's almost over. You know, it, was, yeah. it, it there had to be there had to be a spectacle. This to me seemed like was marketed for the theater. Maybe this part, yeah, for a big picture experience. You know, like just a big bombastic set piece. Because you know, it's like two thousand seven. It's like kind of, you know, like blockbusters are like really kicking off again. You know, like they had like they hadn't really done since the nineties, and you know maybe just in. It's weirdly the most close to Inception I think it gets, other than the obvious stuff that Inception yeah. took from it, but just like the big set piece is just kind of like, meh, didn't, it didn't work for me. I think the last 10 minutes are the longest, until like that battle recedes and there's kind of like outro stuff, that's when it got really, really good again. Yeah, I, I was exa- that's exactly where I was going next, is the wrap-up I actually liked more. Mm-hmm. Uh, which isn't always the case, right? The, uh, the wrap-up can often feel really tedious. Like the one that always comes to mind for me is Return of the King. Like I just remember being in the theater, you know, and I love the Lord of the Rings films. We've talked mm-hmm. about them plenty on the podcast, but the I just remember having a pee so bad, and the the ring is destroyed. Spoiler alert! <laughs> and and the movie doesn't end for thirty more minutes. <laughs> like, what is happening? Um, this is you know pretty efficient. This is like seven minutes of wrap up. Um, yeah. but they sh- they tight, ex- tight wrap up yeah but they explain the cops situation mm-hmm. um, he sees his friend in the hallway you know they have like like their conversation um, Chiba helps uh, what's his face the big guy out of the elevator yeah oh I totally forgot that she actually loved him she that seemed it, yeah. that seemed totally out of left field I it made sense for me in the moment because she would not like I assumed and maybe it's a bit of both, but she really wouldn't drop. What was his name? Tatsiki? Tatsuko? What is it? Taki- Takita? Takita. Jesus. It made me laugh because it sounded like taquitos. Yeah. And just, because, <laughs> you know, he was, it's not fair. He's like a big overweight yeah. guy, but just. <laughs> but, uh, every, every, every time I heard taquitos, I was just like, ah, oh, taquito. <laughs> well, you know, he looks like he's had them. 
Um, but you know, she was really relentless, and we gotta save him. We gotta save him. I was like, is this because you're like just like a good person? Mm. You're really into this whole detective thing, and then of course it's like, yeah, she loves him. Okay, makes that make a little more sense. There's also her response now. Now we're talking about it when she she finds out that he got, went into the dream without her. Yeah. And like her reaction, I found very strange in the moment. I was like, oh, that's. That's a strange, you know. I, I, it was just like, oh, that's odd. And then, you know, thinking back now, that makes sense. You know, she, yeah. she'd want him to do that. Also, the, the head scientist dude, the old little old man. What a character! Oh, dude, big time! Like one of the best man, like man, man in the chairs chair. I've seen in a long time in anime. <laughs> Did okay. Here's a weird thought, and tell yeah. me if I'm crazy. Takiti, our boy, yeah. our, our boy Takito. Yeah. Um, did he get like the hot girl treatment? And, like, you know how, like, in a lot of pretty straightforward Hollywood A-lister movies, like, the man has to save the girl, but, like, the movie can't afford the time, and it doesn't really want to give that, the hot girl, um, character development. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, man loves woman because, Mm. and that's it. Like... Oh, I see what you're saying. Does Takiti like, does he get that treatment? Like, does he have any redeemable moments or qualities other than simply needing to be rescued? Does he contribute other than getting... Cap- and, like, I'm not, you know, it's a trope. I'm not saying it's bad. It happens all the time. No, but I'm just really, realizing They that. really hit home how, like, important he is to the whole operation. Oh, you're right. Because it is technically his invention. It's his invention. All right, and then also, it. they really... I never understood it, but they hit home so many times about how much of, like, a childlike mind he has. Yes. And how innocent he is. And, and that's part a, of his a, brilliance. And a couple of people kind of, like, say, well, he can't be blamed for that. Like, he gets himself in these situations. But, I don't know. It's it's there. I think that's something I'll pay closer attention to in the next rewatch. Yeah. No, but, but you're... I completely... Yeah. I did blank very briefly on the, on the part that... That he invented the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Which, like, you know, is, is you know, that's that's valuable. He obviously. does have a good scene where they're, t- I think they're told to, like, tear up all their shit by, like, the big bad. Uh-huh. And it's just him, like, ripping stuff apart. And it's actually a good tease of Ohani or whoever the dude, the squid guy. Yeah. Um, he, he makes a line of, like, oh, that's, like, their property. And he's, like, so, like... Uh, I'll just build it again. I'll just build it again. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just kind of like, like, fuck you. Like, and, you know, looking back, it's like, oh, that was a good tee up of him being a villain. They did a very good job of, like, making that guy, like, the hidden villain. They did. The whole do. time. Misdirect was good. And, um, and, and then, you know, when he reveals his intentions, it's like, oh, okay, I buy that. You know, because he yeah. was very, like, waiting hand and foot on her of, like, no, like, why do you need to go back for him? Like, he's a slob and da da da. And then I think that's where we get the, you know, well, he's. He's got, like, a kid like mine. He's a kid yeah. at heart and all this and that. But uh, True that. Paprika, you know, man. We, we talked a lot about uh, My Hero Academia uh, this year. and uh, Too much. <laughs> and uh, you said the quiet part out loud, Grant. Yeah. Um, no, but it we talked a lot about My Hero and Attack on Titan. Just, you know, mm-hmm. but we, there's one phrase I, I mention a lot. I think we both do, and it's just trimming the fat. Mm. Um, you know, and how... You know, especially in anime, I mean, I'm sure we can apply that same rule to a lot of live-action stuff, but sure. it's one thing we notice a lot in anime, and I, lo- I notice a lot on, in movies. It's just like, does this need to be here? 
what is this doing? You know, is it effective? Um, and it's funny because I hadn't considered the pacing of this movie as severely as you had. And now I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, there really was, not only was there no fat, like they may have done themselves a favor by adding, you know, a few three to four minute scenes mm. just to spend some time with these characters, like to spend some time with the, you know, Taquitos and to spend some time with uh, Chiba a little bit more and, and the cop, you know, like the cop has such a great arc. His, he's got like a C plot. Yeah. And and it's good. And, but that's, yeah, that's what I was minutes. getting at. It's, it's incredible how like they wrap that up so neatly and, so, and it intertwines so effectively with the rest of the story. Yeah. I was like, it's bold that they are going for the C plot in this in a 90 minute picture. Yeah. And it, it, it essentially is what caps off the ending successfully. Like it's what it was what binds everything at the very end. Yeah. And I was like, well done, <laughs> detective. <laughs> you know. Yeah, my my favorite part. You know, I love that we get closure on the hallway dream. Yeah. Um. But my favorite part is that he ends the movie by going to see a movie. Yeah. Um. Per her recommendation, that was probably. Probably my favorite. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I don't got much more on the Should movie. We? Other than other than it was like it was it's an eight yeah. out of ten. Leanne and I we finished watching it, you know, Leanne had the exact same problems as I did. It was yeah. just, it was way too Le- fast. And, you know, we were just, you know, in the kitchen, you know, grabbing a drink and just chit chatting about the movie. You know, it was a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. And we were both just like eight out of ten. <laughs> just confidently. Like, eight out of I think ten that's is very is. strong though. It's a very strong movie, you know. It's it's just there's little things, you know? So, yeah, I think um, we should... But, yeah, it's funny you say that. My, my next question was going to be, should we give these a rating like the rest of the movies that we're going to do? Um, so maybe we should commit... And, you know, we're not going to live and die by these things. We reserve the right to change our scores as we yeah, see these movies. Yeah, fluid scores. But I will... Uh, I don't want to copy you, but I, I'm going to say out of 10 as well. Um, hmm. But we reserve the right for decimal points as well. Decimal points are important, but I do think it's a flat 8. I guarantee at the very least with room to grow yeah upon rewatch i think so eight out of ten um we don't know what we're watching next i don't think no we'll spin the wheel after after this we'll, um, we'll reveal that later but that was paprika it was a blast yeah. um the next we've got three movies left and we're going to do them bi-weekly um if you guys haven't uh you know if you're new here we uh, are going to be covering Demon Slayer uh, season two, but like the new arc doesn't start until uh, relatively early December. So between now and then, we're going to do the post show um, weekly, which is uh, a pretty casual podcast where we just talk about everything else we're watching. Um, you know, for example, Sunny Boy just finished up. We were talking about that week to week. Um, Demon Slayer is like playing sort of weekly right now but as i mentioned like the new arc doesn't start till december but we'll talk about demon slayer a little bit um star wars visions um you know just that that kind of stuff mcu news general entertainment news um and then you know more movie reviews bi-weekly what do we have left grant we've got what's we have grave of the fireflies uh akira and is it uh your name your your name yes Yeah. yeah your name your name, Griffith the Fireflies Akira. Yeah, so yeah, three very, very highly, uh, highly praised movies. All very heavy movies. All very heavy movies. Paprika <laughs> yeah, might be the lightest. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Think about that. Paprika's yeah. <laughs> the light movie out of what you're watching. Dude, I'm so excited for 
Grave of the Fireflies. It's so funny you say that. That's the one Leanne and I are most excited for, too. I'm ready to just have my heart broken. Yeah. I want to be upset. I feel like, for me, like, Akira is, like, a known quantity. Yeah, but you've never seen it, right? I've never seen it, but I I, I know the entry fee getting in. I know what is more, not more or less is going to take place. You have to take hallucinogenics beforehand. I think they just give them to you in the theater. Yeah, I think so. Well, and so the nice thing about your name is I know zero, absolutely zero about it. So I think that's yeah. the one that is going to be the most exciting. That was because the other ones I have one, some yeah. expectations, you know. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because you know, I'll say one thing. Like we have the benefit of one thing, which is we've seen none of these movies even close to their release date. They've just sort mm. of like had to find their place in like anime just the anime charts mm-hmm. and they all seem to hold up like people still recommend them as classics um so it'll be interesting to see how we feel about them and, and try not to put too much pressure mm-hmm. uh on, on our viewings but yeah man paprika i'm really glad we put this one on the list i'm glad yep. it was first up i am glad it was first as well yeah, yeah. strong eight out of ten from uh both of us and uh, stay tuned for what we do next and also if you're listening to this check out the post show um which will probably come out a couple days after this podcast um Thank you guys so much for listening. I think that's about it, right, Grant? Yes, sir. Cool. Um, subscribe to the podcast, like, follow, comment, you know, take the appropriate social media action on the appropriate social media platform of your choosing, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Cheers.